Hello everyone, welcome again to The Real Pod. My name is Josiah and I'm one of the hosts of The Real Pod. So, if you are a new listener, we just want to share with you very briefly that this is a bi-weekly podcast that helps to create an ongoing dialogue discussing current movies, TV shows, and pop culture. And if you're returning, you may know that we always say this, but if you love movies and TV shows and you have something to say about them, you are definitely in the right place. So, as always, today we are joined by our two amazing co-hosts, Chloe and Eddie. Hi, guys. I'm Chloe. I'm one of the co-hosts of The Real Pod. Hi, guys. You might have heard of me. I'm Eddie, and I'm the other co-host of The Real Pod. So, today, the TV show we're discussing is one of Netflix's semi-latest releases, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, Queen's Gambit is a story of an orphan, Beth Harmon, who learned to play chess and ultimately become the world champion in the sport. The show follows her as she grows up and perfects her game. This is y'all's official spoiler warning, so if you haven't watched the show or you're planning to, go watch it and then come back to this episode so you can hear our review, okay? This is your final warning. So today, um, I like we said, this is a semi-latest release. Um, admittedly, I, I wasn't on the original train for um, The Queen's Gambit. I, I definitely fell victim to the whole, it's about chess, why do I care thing. But this one was su- um, suggested by one of our um, beautiful viewers, um, so or listeners, rather. So I took the time and I watched it. I actually ended up really, really liking it. I think it's definitely really unique. Um, I feel feel like especially with Netflix, they've been um, releasing a lot of those like kind of teen melodramas, you know what I mean? And I think this one was like a completely something new. It was really something interesting. I love the way it was directed, the shot, the plot, everything was very beautiful. But I just wanted to start, we just need to talk about how good it looked. Like the director did that. They knew what they were doing and they did it correctly because that show was so pretty. And like, I especially love the scenes where um, after she took the pills and she would look up at the ceiling and you could see the chessboards moving, like everything about it was so aesthetically pleasing. So I yeah, think you did not lie. Yeah, definitely one of my favorite parts of the show. Also, I loved in the, um, in the first few episodes where she's at the orphanage, I love the juxtaposition of the dark colors of the orphanage with the bright, vibrant colors of the pills. That sounds really horrible. But there's like a lot of scenes where she just like munches on these little blue tranquilizing pills that keep the kids calm. And I just loved how it looked. It was really horrible, obviously, yes. But it was really beautiful to look at. Yeah, the pills were uh, definitely something. She ended up, though. It was her little goldfish. Literally. literally, It was literally, you know? Um, And while that's bad, uh, she was in her bag. Well, the jar, more specifically. That scene where she took the handfuls, please. It is a, the true miracle of the show is that Miss Girl survived because she had to be no older than 10, like what? No way, yeah. 70 pounds. And this girl, like, for real, took handfuls of these tranquilizers, and there's no way they're low dosage either, and just stuffed them in her mouth. They, I don't know what type of tolerance she built up, but how is she not dead? That is insane. That is 
when I was watching this show originally, I had the same exact question. I'm not saying that this is like a bad thing on the show's part, but I just was like, dang, she is really swallowing those pills. She literally was chewing on them. I was like, oh my God, how is she surviving through all of this? It really, it was really astounding. She's really, I don't even know. Yeah, she definitely was something. And then obviously this whole thing was about chess, so we had to get to eventually. I loved, I don't know, I'm kind of like a sucker for that whole like um, an old person teaches like a younger person their craft kind of thing, you know? So I thought that it was really um, cool that they took that direction with like the janitor, no less too, someone that you would think would be really unassuming. But then he ended up playing such this, um, this, such influential role in her life and like setting her on this path that obviously ultimately became really really successful for her and then especially I thought it was really cute where she's like I'll give you the ten dollars of my winning like that was so fun yeah I definitely agree I thought that it was really I loved the character progression that she went through in the beginning with her basically learning to be able to lose being able to even do anything really because she was kind of incapable of doing anything except for munching on pills at that beginning please you're sick you violated her well i mean did i lie i didn't lie that's literally all she could do but anyway um i think that we should talk about the fact that actually no i think that we should start off with that one character in the start of the show that literally never came up again her friend I don't know why. She was probably one of my favorite characters, but I kind of loved her. The girl that she first lost the match to? Or the other way around. The, you know what I mean, right? Um, I think so. The one who... Oh, no, no, no. The black girl. I'm sorry. That's like... Yeah. A... I don't remember her name. I'm so awful with names. Um, but anyway, yeah. I Okay. This, that's actually a very good point that you brought up. I thought the dynamic in the orphanage was so interesting because I especially love how, uh, I just love everything about the show, but I love the way that they set it up. Like, she came to the orphanage, she was this very confused, like, very almost cold little girl. Like, she was kind of, she was going whatever direction. Like, she didn't really know what was happening. And then throughout the show, they showed, like, her becoming this woman and having all these different emotions and, like you said, learning to deal with her losses and acceptances. And while she didn't always have the most healthy coping mechanisms, it was really interesting to watch. And I think a lot of that we can contribute to her friend in the orphanage. And, like, um, she was there for, like, the essential parts of her development. Like, she broke her in to the orphanage. And obviously, she wasn't exactly very nice about it. But it was still good. And then I especially loved how they brought her back towards the end to be like, oh, yeah, we're family. Like, it, I know I definitely wasn't expecting it when I was watching it. And then I watched it. I was like, y'all were in your bag when you made this decision because this is the one right here. And then especially when they went back for his funeral, like that was that was everything. That was the moment. Yeah. Also, the show ends with, Beth playing a game of chess against a few old men instead of just playing against like you know rich influential people so I think that I really loved the full circle ending that they really tried to give us with her going back and playing with these smaller less influential old men wait that sounds really bad anyway but I really I really loved this full circle ending that they gave us I just thought this show it was really well done overall Actually, I think this is the first thing that we've reviewed on this podcast that 
we've all actually enjoyed. Yeah. Wow. That's I, definitely something. I have like, I don't even, I don't even want to say I have no critiques. I more so have like things that I found interesting while I was watching. And I know um, specifically for me, I had like a, not a hard time with the mom, but like, I never knew how I felt about the mom as a character, the adopted one, of course, the adoptive one, <laughs> more specifically, um, because I don't know what it was about her. She was like a little bit racist, but that was the time period. So it's to be expected. Um, but like, I think maybe it was her tone of voice or like how she acted in general to me that almost like made her feel cold. Like I know with, um, Part of it could be attributed to like um obviously the her husband didn't want beth and that created that dynamic and then when she left and when they finally got comfortable around each other but like i thought that was also really interesting watching their relationship develop and then i remember that like watching that scene when her um she found out that her mom had died i was like oh no like i was i i was actually speechless when i watched it my hand to my mouth, I gasped, because that is so unfortunate. Like, she had practically nobody at that time, and then her mom just died, completely unexpectedly, too. Like, they didn't know what was happening, so she didn't have time to prepare herself. And she wasn't even in the States, too. Like, she wasn't even home. And I thought that was definitely, like, I don't want to say a turning point in the show, but I thought that was a really, really interesting choice. Yeah. Oh, you can go first. Sorry, um, so one of the things that I did want to mention, um, and one of the things that I've noticed throughout, I know I didn't finish the series, which I know that's probably pretty bad, but one of the things that I got overall is that this entire show just shattered so many tired cliches and gender stereotypes that were, I want to say, like in favor of a complex, untraditional lead, if you get what I'm saying. But... I think that is exactly what made this entire show so memorable. Um, and I think one of the lessons that you can get from that while watching the show just overall is that you don't really have to worry about fitting into a traditional mold. Like this was really unconventional. Um, and especially with Beth, she wasn't your, like one of your typical female heroines, if you get what I'm saying. like. There were so many different aspects of her that made her different. Like, while her classmates were hiding between, you know, the bookshelves, kissing boys, she was going through those same bookshelves trying to find chess books. Or when there were different girls throughout the show who were, you know, at the club singing and all that stuff, she didn't really know how to fit in. But instead, she found her place and began to become herself which I think really helped to develop the story and then the second thing is that I know this is personally for me that I got which really helped is that Bev didn't really need to understand something to enjoy it I think that was one of the biggest takeaways too like this show really opened my eyes to the fact that understanding something and appreciating it they're not necessarily they, they don't have to go hand in hand. You don't have to understand something to enjoy it. And, I mean, I know personally for me, I am a former chess player, and I'm actually starting to return back to the sport, so this sort of appealed to me. Um, but I think that just overall, this show, there were so many more different lessons that you could have gotten a takeaway from. 
But I think those were the two points that really hit it off for me. Uh, yeah, like, I think you definitely bring up a really interesting point. Um, I definitely agree with some aspects of what you were saying. Like, I think in Hollywood specifically, and I noticed this, like, when I look back on shows I used to watch when I was little, I started noticing more and more. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, Hollywood kind of hates a lot of the more feminine aspects. Like, if you notice, um, the one that's coming to mind, High School Musical, right? Sharpay, they portrayed her to be this very feminine, like she loves pink, she loves makeup, she had the little dog or whatever. Like she was that entire thing and they made her that villain. And it wasn't just isolated to that movie. It was like, once you notice it, you see it everywhere and they'll just demonize anyone that like, a girl that likes shoes, oh yeah, well she's ditzy and she's this, this and that and the other thing. So I think that in The Queen's Gambit, they kind of took that and they didn't weaponize it, which I really enjoyed because um, obviously Beth was the odd man out, so to speak. She was a woman in this predominantly male dominated um, sport, right? But they also didn't make it a big thing. Like, I think that they brought it up when it was appropriate, which I really, really liked. And they didn't make that her main obstacle, which I also thought was great. And then they kept her having those more feminine aspects, right? Like, when she met Cleo, they talked about fashion. And they kept all the dresses that she loved and all this other stuff, which I think um, definitely for me made me love the show even more. Because it didn't, like, have her fit into this box, like, oh, she can't be feminine and this and they didn't make that her main problem, which I know I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, that really goes to show how some of these different gender roles just in society are starting to evolve. And I think it's really good that Hollywood is sort of taking a glimpse into that and understanding, hey, not all females necessarily like pink or they're not necessarily what we categorize females to be like a very feminine um and i think one other thing that really hit that off for me too was how we're portraying a, a, a teen who grew up in the 60s so especially during that time period as you mentioned uh, or as chloe mentioned rather her going into a more male dominated sport and succeeding and getting to the point where she was really said something about who she was, especially looking at the time period she grew up in. Being a female, especially again at that time, was very different. Gender roles aren't as they are now. So I think just overall, as Hollywood begins to develop more pieces that may be better than the Queen's Gambit in terms of gender roles, I think that was just, that was really what hit it off for me um, on top of everything else that I already mentioned. Okay, now you guys, if you guys have been watching for any length of time, you know me. I'm about to stir the pot a little bit because there was some controversy actually surrounding this show. I know that Chloe didn't watch it when it first came out, but I definitely did. And I was around and I was in the media searching around when this show first came out and people started speaking up about this. But Jolene, which is the name of the Black friend character that we mentioned earlier, she, I liked her character, okay? But she definitely did fall into this stereotype that has been around for forever and has just been repurposed and repackaged into a modern day, I don't even know, a more modern version of itself, right? 
So there's this character in movies and TV shows called a black mammy, which comes from when in slave days, black women, specifically like older, less, less sexually appealing black women would take care of the slave master's children and like teach them and feed them and literally just raise them like what their parents should be doing. And this character comes up a lot now in media, even though slavery movies are no longer really big as much as they are anymore or anything. But this trend literally comes into every single movie that a black character is in. Well, not all of them, obviously, that's a generalization. But a lot of them include this stereotype. So Jolene literally only comes in and out of her life every time she needs to teach Beth about how to live life. She literally only comes there to help Beth and basically mother her, and then she leaves. For example, in the beginning of the story, Jolene, as we said earlier, literally takes Beth under her wing, teaches her the ways of the school, teaches her how everything is run. And then after Beth gets adopted, she literally drops off the face of the planet. We never see her again. Well, actually we do, that's not important. But she literally is irrelevant for so long and we never hear about her. She was only there to progress the plot and to help out the poor, sad little white girl as she was making her way through. Like, yes, this show did a lot of good. Yes, I did love this show. Yes, this isn't something that I, well, I noticed it, but I didn't like think it was glaringly bad. I was just like, oh, it's another one of these. But yeah, it just was something that was in the show that a lot of people found issue with. And there's another instance of it at the end where Jolene comes back into her life after the old man that originally taught Beth after he dies, um, Beth has like this whole entire reawakening where she decides to stop being a literal alcoholic and to get her life together. And Jolene is one who snaps her into that. And it's basically like, hey, we need to get you back together. We need to literally fix you. So she literally only is in the story to fix Beth, to help Beth do whatever. And we really don't learn that much about her, especially in the beginning, other than whatever she's doing to help Beth. So I feel like I feel like that's definitely a trend that was present inside of the show that we might need to we might need to stop it not to bring back faith fate 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 wink saga always bring back the fate wink saga I will literally take any chance I get to literally punch the show up I will literally take any chance I get to kick the show in the face but in Fate Wing Saga, their black character, their token black, falls into this same exact trend where she literally is only there to basically coddle and baby bloom and tell her what to do and help out, help her out. And we definitely need to stop this because yes, the show was pioneering for women. Yes, the show did a lot of good. But what about Jolene? Don't do Jolene like this. Um, I definitely agree. I think you bring up, like, a really interesting point. I, I've also, like, I've noticed that a lot in movies, and they actually, um, they do the reverse, too, um, especially in a lot of movies where, like, it's a white protagonist or whatever, and they go on their whole little journey, and they're lost to faith, and then they bring in the Black character, the one to put them on their spiritual righteous guide, and, you know, all that other stuff. Like, it's a very popular trope, unfortunately, and I could definitely understand where you're coming from. 
And I think like, even though we both recognize all three of us actually, that we really did enjoy the show. It's definitely not um, guarded from criticism. So I think it's completely fair that we'd like mention this and we should bring more attention to it so that we can stop perpetuating this um, trope, so to speak. And I also think that um, Jolene's character almost fell into that kind of like tough like mean black girl kind of exterior because especially back in the orphanage they never showed her like obviously like you said she was calling her and putting her on the right path but she wasn't like sitting there and like braiding her hair and being like you know you're so sweet and you should do this like she it was always tough love and then again uh, when we saw her character we never saw her break down we never saw her being sad she always had that tough exterior like um I'm there for you what do you need and she never coddled her again so like you said, I definitely agree 100%. Like, we just, these are some tropes that we need to move away from. They're tired, y'all. Put, put them to bed, you know? Correct. Um, I definitely agree with what both of you all mentioned. And I think one of the biggest, I mean, or when we're speaking to this issue, I believe that many, many viewers maybe, like, many viewers may have thought about this as being more effective representation and saying like oh well she is represented there's a black character on scene but I think overall as we've already mentioned though at least there was representation it it fell into that trope that modern mammy trope which we've seen it's not just with Netflix series we've seen it it's reoccurring um, and I, I appreciate that you know, Eddie, you mentioned this and we brought this up. I think that, like, just overall within Hollywood, I think this is agreeing with what Chloe said. This is definitely something that needs to be addressed. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's so many other things that I want to say. Um, but for time's sake, I will cut it short. Yeah. Um, so I think this is definitely part of a larger discussion. But like Josiah said, for time's sake, I just want to touch on a few more things about the show before we finish up the episode. Um, I think we should give a moment for the men, or more specifically, the relationships, because y'all, the tea, the tea is hot. Okay. Please, tell me why every single man that she came across, there was always a connection. I was like, are y'all about to kiss right now throughout the entirety of the show? It has very much tea. And then also, I know I'm not the only one that was like low-key shipping her with Cleo. Like just a little bit, right? Because mm -hmm. I was watching that and I was like, she she took her to the hotel. She want she wanna have some little drinks. Okay. They're sitting down. She says she's pretty. Okay, okay. And I was waiting for it. And they kind of alluded to it. I'm choosing in my mind to believe that it happened. Um, but I guess we'll never know, you know? And then obviously, I, I want to know, like, who y'all's favorite ship, I'm sorry, this is so, my favorite was obviously, like, I don't know his name either, <laughs> but, like, the first guy at the first chess tournament, you know, the one that she beat, like, he had the dark hair, who's the photographer, and, like, him, he was the moment, not gonna lie. And I liked, oh, this reminds me, in the last episode, too, I thought that was super cute, where, like, um, she was at her 
last match and she was facing against Borgov, I believe was his name. And she had Benny and all the other guys on the phone. And then when they said they won, they all jumped. It was so cute because it, it definitely felt like to me, um, like she had found her people, like she had found um, the support system and these people that care about her, which we saw like, also, I thought this was really well done, too, when they put, like, the snippets of her childhood in, showing us her background. Like, I thought the way that they did that was so well done, and it, it was, it felt very um, full circle, like, closed, so to speak, if, if that makes any sense. Like, I love how it all came around. She went from being this girl that, like, was awkward, nobody talked to her, like, all these girls bullied her in high school, and, like, she never really felt like she belonged to having this huge family, and it was, like, Jolene and all these guys that she met along the way and she would she had all these fans and all these people that loved her and were there for her and that it just made my heart happy I watched it and then like you were saying earlier Eddie with them when she was playing chess with the guys in the park and I was like this is it this is cute I like this all right well as we've already mentioned this is definitely just a snippet of a greater larger discussion to come so as we always say, let us know what you think. Leave us a comment on whatever listening platform you're listening to this podcast on, or you can send us a DM on our Instagram page. So make sure that you contact and connect with us. And also, if you want to send in some more submissions for films and TV shows that we can watch, let us know uh, through those uh, both of those methods. But until next time, this was The Real Pod with Chloe, Eddie, and myself, and we look forward to discussing some more films with you.